We all have our roots. I believe in holding on to the roots. Those roots need to be augmented. Your manager here needs a manager. There's money to be made. Well, it's not about money. But why should we pay you for something we can't do ourselves? You gotta take what you can, when you can, while you can, and you gotta do it now. That's what the big boys do. Because if you think Mick Jagger will still be out there trying to be a rock star at age 50, you're sadly, sadly mistaken. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from Almost Famous. Has nothing to do with what's going on in the in the world today. Just has to do with uh, hey, if you think Mick Jagger is going to be uh, still rocking and rolling at age fifty, you're sadly mistaken. I think uh, they were sadly sadly mistaken in that scene because I think uh, Mick Jagger is about coming up on uh, seventy nine or eighty, and he's still doing it. And uh, and that was uh, a uh, a tribute to to uh, Charlie Watts, who we lost this week, drummer for the Rolling Stones. That was uh, "Get Off of My Cloud." Uh, I tried to pick out a Rolling Stone. You know, you know how many Rolling Stone hits there are. You can just go for days and never stop hearing songs that you that you know well. And uh, and so we, I just picked one that sounded like it had a good drum opening. And uh, Charlie Watts apparently uh, lost him in the operating room, age eighty, having some kind of a some kind of procedure. I don't know what he's having. I don't know exactly what he was getting done, but they were they're getting ready to go on tour. And uh, Charlie Watts joined uh, the Rolling Stones in 1963. That has never missed a tour in all those years, and uh, which makes him. Uh, let's see, the Rolling Stones. I was born in '61, so I'm about to turn 60. So I guess that was 58 years. The Rolling Stones. Uh, Charlie Watts. Uh, we lost him, and uh, it's just sad to see our uh, the. The guys who were um, being the soundtrack of our lives leaving us. So anyway, that's my tribute to the Rolling Stones and Charlie Watts. So uh, I'm going to talk about what's going on this week, and there was a lot going on this week. Uh, but before I do, let me introduce myself to those of you that don't know me. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting any, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities in real estate if you know where to look. And if you don't know where to look, make sure and pick up my book, experience matters here's mine it's uh on pre-order now at edhoffman.net and uh there's uh there's three three or four long chapters that talk about the four phases of the market cycle and and how you get started and uh and give you some some uh clues that i took to become uh uh quite wealthy in the in real estate uh, make sure and pick those up. But if you're ready to get involved in any of those fantastic opportunities and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 
640-640-2020. If you want to talk to me about uh, financing, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet because it's so personal, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. Put in as much information as you want uh, me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle, whether that's uh, buying a piece of property that you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property that you already own, or if you want to find out more information about that thing that all the senior citizens are talking about, that reverse mortgage thing, uh, call me and we'll take care of you. Um, if you hear any part of the show you want repeated or you want to share it or you miss part of it, also go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and uh, you can uh, and you can get the podcast as well on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, where you can subscribe for free, have it download once a week to your uh, computer, your phone, or whatever device you use to listen to podcasts on. And uh, you can subscribe for free and it'll automatically, we record on Friday morning, so Friday afternoon it gets uploaded and sometime thereafter in Friday early evening it get, downloads to your device and you can hear it on demand anytime you want. Um, the Facebook uh, page for the main event is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman or on all the other uh, social medias at Big Ed Hoffman. And uh, if you have comments on the show, email me to email me to ed at edhoffman.net. Edhoffman.net, you can also, like I said, you can also pre order my book, uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine. And uh, that will be actually uh, releasing on September the 10th. So uh, before I go on further with me with me on the on the radio, I have a special guest, Kenny White. Kenny White is a uh, is a conservative black guy out there, and he's uh, he's out here in the Riverside area with me as well. We run into each other at events quite frequently, but I've never had him on the show. And you know we've been uh, we've been messaging back and forth on Facebook, and I said yes, Kenny, I'm going to get you on my show here soon. And Kenny, welcome for your first your first entry into the main event. Hey, and I am just honored, and, and and my smile is all the way from ear to ear. I'm I can on, see I'm it. on the main event with my main man, Ed Hoffman. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to ha- happy to have you. You know, we uh, we're out there preaching preaching kind of the same uh, the same sermon every every week, and I and I tell people every week, hey, keep your eyes open, keep your mouth open, because you need to be aware of this stuff, and somebody needs to talk about it. So so our kids and our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. That you know the the ones that don't pay attention need to hear this stuff, and if and if we're not talking, the media is trying to to pitch a different message, and we need to be aware of that, and we need to keep uh, we need to keep the the message going. So since this is your first time, tell tell all my listeners about yourself and your background. Okay, um, first, then I want to uh, key in on what you said. You're right; we have to open our mouths. That's part of the moniker of my show, which is opening my mouth to the issues. We have to, and and you definitely out there putting the word down, Dan. And thank you. I mean, Ed, and thank you for that. Um, just real quick, Ed, I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago to a single mom. Uh, we didn't have much money, so you know, I was basically born with a bullseye on my back, if you know what I mean. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, but she was a very strong woman. She passed in 1999, God rest her soul, Janet White. Or should I say like they did in the old ancient Roman days? I am Ken White, son of Janet White. Uh, <laughs> but she was a very strong and unique woman. And because of her 
my my upbringing was a little bit different than the average, you know, little black boy growing up on the south side of Chicago, which was my mother refused to let me think the way the public school system wanted me to think. She refused to let me be indoctrinated with all the stuff going on around me. She basically told me, you are a unique human being. You are special. Think for yourself. And because she did that, uh, everything I saw in my neighborhood, the shootings, the, the stabbings, the sirens, they were odd to me because I, I understood that wasn't something that was natural. Um, real quick, I'm a latchkey kid. Do you remember you remember the latchkey kids of yep. the 70s and 80s, right? Yep. Come home, I, come I, home, no parents there and try to try to uh, keep yourself from getting killed until your parents get home. With all 16 locks on the door, you know? Yep, exactly. And um I'm sitting there one night because my mama, you know, she worked from sundown to sun up to sun up to sundown. But um, I'm sitting there watching TV one night, and this guy was named Johnny Carson. And I'm watching it, and this guy in the chair, his name was Governor Ronald Reagan. And I'm listening to the two of these guys talk. And everything Governor Ronald Reagan was saying on the, on the Johnny Carson show resonated with me, Ed. It, I was like, whatever that is this man is, that's what I want to be. Right. Yep. Well, that, that epiphany hit me at age 10. So I was I was a Republican at age 10 on the south side of Chicago. And because of that, you got, uh, you you know, got beat up by all your neighbors, <laughs> kids. And <laughs> nah, put it this way. That's what that's what that's what taught me how to fight, uh-huh. you know, because they would try to put their hands on me. They would try to clown me and all this kind of stuff because they're operating from the conditioning. You know, here's this different talking brother. Here's this nerd, you know, and so they felt obliged to try to put their hands on me. Uh, no. And so, um, <laughs> you know, they would start saying, man, you strange. You about as, as weird as a unicorn. Right. And that gave birth to my moniker, which is the Southside Unicorn. Um, I was out of high school at age 15 because I was in the Chicago Greater Area Program for Gifted Children. So I graduated at 15. I'm done with high school, right? And all that was left was either join a gang, sell some drugs, you know, because there weren't that many opportunities back then for for African-Americans. Let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. Um, The the gangs tried to recruit me. And I'm like, look, man, if I join your gang, my mama going to kill me. So, you know, I was fighting and all of this stuff just to not join that world. And I, I came home one day and I said, mama, Sign here, sign here, sign here. And she's like, boy, what am I signing? And it was to get me into the United States Air Force early, the early enlistment program. And she was like, boy, what are you doing? I'm like, mama, I would rather get paid to get shot at than to get shot at for free, you know? Because mm-hmm. it was going to happen. I mean, let's face it. That's, when we look at the news breakdown across America, how many young black males drop every weekend, you know? In Chicago, so it, was, it was inevitable. Huh? In Chicago, a lot. So, lot, chi- lot, so Chicago, Chicago was like that back in the '60s. Yes, it's. I call it the city of death eternal, Ed. You know, because that's all I've ever seen as I was growing. I lived there my whole life till I got up out of there. But all I ever saw was death. So anyway, um, I joined the United States Air Force to get out of Chicago. I became a law enforcement specialist, um, an air base ground defender. I, I was the tip of the spear because I did carry the M60 machine gun, the M203 grenade launcher, and the actually I wore two different weapons on that one. It was the M15 Smith and Wesson masterpiece, which was the 38, 
And I stayed in the Air Force to the point where they made that transition to the nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I left. I left the United States Air Force and became a California peace officer uh, during the Rodney King era. So you know how that was for me. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a black cop in the Inland Empire in the IE, that was that was some rough times for me because there weren't that many black cops out here at that time. Um, and then I uh, ran into a guy named Russ Limbaugh. <laughs> Uh, Russ Limbaugh said, give me a week and I'll change your whole life. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, he did. Mm-hmm. I became a, an entrepreneur, a business owner. And so here I am in the Inland Empire as a business owner, uh, filling guest host for radio shows. I am a Christian. I am a Republican, a conservative. And uh, that's pretty much the Reader's Digest version, Ed. All right. And uh the re- and the rest is history, and welcome to it. So, uh, so I guess my next question was going to be what the what the Southside Unicorn uh, uh, says. So, I, I I listened to your podcast. Uh, I've I've heard it a f- I've heard it a few times, and mm-hmm. and I say you know what is the Southside Unicorn? But now now we know. So you were a you were a, just that one guy in the South Side of Chicago that was a a little bit uh, out of place. I think ah. I think uh, I think uh, what is it a. Uh, that Bill Gates, one of his one of his things, uh, eleven things that to to tell your kids that they didn't learn in school, and one of them is treat treat the nerdy kids nice because one day you may be working for them. And uh, I think we're all I think uh, we all those of us that are leaders today all found ourselves kind of in that in that place when we were kids. So let's let's go to California. Who who are you supporting in the recall race? I can pretty much guess. Um, but go ahead, oh, say why, it. Now, why would you say that, Ed? Why would you say well, you guess who I'm going to support? Well, because you're, you're <laughs> because because you're a black conservative. Uh, you probably get all kinds of crap from uh, from people for that. And uh, we have a black conservative that I'm supporting, and I know he's getting he's getting destroyed on the in the in the media for it. Uh, they're trying to use use race to to kill him. And uh, just go ahead and say it. <laughs> well, actually. I, I'm going to say a name that I guess is verboten, but I'm going to speak it. I was supporting Major Williams. I was down for that young man because I believe he's the face of the future, him and others. And not because he's black, but because he is young, young and they have a whole different way of viewing politics. Him and white young people like him, mm-hmm. I believe, are the face of the future of the Republican Party if we let them. So I was down for him. But Ed, just like you, you know, your book says experience matters, you know. This kind of is this young man's first rodeo. He got his teeth knocked out politically, uh, wasn't ready for some of the machinations and low blows that could find their way to him. This is a war. And, you know, just like on a battlefield or in the air, if he was a B-17 aircraft, hey, brother, sorry about your luck. I see your engine is hit, you know, with all the uh, accusations he had and all of that, which, you know, He's working on that. But, you know, now he's a B-17 with his engines on fire. I can't worry about his plane. We got a mission. We got to so save California. Gotta fly- huh? We got a country to save, and and, uh, and California is always leading leading this country. Right. So make, make, a, make a long story short, I'm sorry about my brother, Major Williams. Still love him. He's still a friend of mine. But, brother, your engines are on fire. You are going down. The rest of us in our B-17s, we got to get to the target. And... Here we go. Larry Elder's plane is at the front of the pack, and he's going to drop those bombs on target. So I got a roof one. My 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 hat's out for Larry Elder. Exactly where I'm at. Exactly where I'm at. 
You know, I've known yeah, I've known Larry for several years, and uh, and I just think he's the real deal, and and you know he's the guy that that can win. Uh, it doesn't matter he's who, who his plane his plane hasn't taken any hits. He's gonna he's gonna hit them bombs where they need to go. Well, let's talk about the next three weeks that we have. Let's play one of the ads that Newsom is running to attack Larry and get your reaction. Mm. What's at stake in the September 14th recall? It's a matter of life and death. With Delta surging, Gavin Newsom is protecting California, requiring vaccination for health workers and school employees. The top Republican candidate? He peddled deadly conspiracy theories and would eliminate vaccine mandates on day one, threatening school closures and our recovery. Stop the spread. Return your ballot or vote in person by September 14th. Protect California by voting no on the Republican recall. Yeah, I think they forgot to say that uh, the leading Republican is uh, trying to restore our freedom, not just uh, stop the stop the 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 uh, vaccine vaccination and mask mandates. Yeah, well, you know, Ed, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that that pablum, that propaganda, propaganda, when I hear that propaganda, is this: the Democrats, the left, the socialists, whatever you want to call them. They come straight out of a B sci-fi movie and a cheap one at that. You, you know, like THX 1138 or uh, George Orwell's 1984, uh, when they have the TVs or the, or the media playing in those movies, the, the medium is always trying to mind meld you, trying to control you, trying to you know steer you where they want you to go. When you hear this woman say, protect California from Larry Elder, protect California from Republican Christians, and Las Vegas is being choked out by the smoke from our fires that just seem to keep on happening because Gavin Newsom is not protecting America, or should I say California? Nope. Those forests need to be deforested. Um, He's proud to tell us we're having a drought. Because what was it last year? We had so much rainfall, it would have lasted three years. And this man did nothing to retain or reclaim or protect that water. Not to mention that thing out to the left of us, that thing called the Pacific Ocean. You'd think he'd figure out how to uh, how to harness some of that and desalinate it and and spread that water across the breadbasket of the world. uh, Central Valley of California. Exactly. But the Democrats are about lack chaos i mean even with our this guy that claims to be president he used the word chaos like several times in his in his uh, speech because that's what they're about it lack suffering chaos lies deceptions that uh commercial that you played is nothing but lies and deceptions but unfortunately because our our young people are comfortable when they hear those ads they're like pavlov's dog all they got to do is show them a picture of president trump or or tell them Oh, it's a conservative. Protect us from them. And our kids like little drones. I must protect. So uh, we have to start. And, and uh, his name is Siaka Masakwai. Uh-huh. I had Siaka, him on the show two weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yes. Is, he's excited. I got to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Um, this young man is on fire and he's right. We have to start marketing as well as they do. Or that little commercial right there is a very undoing of the of the GOP because we don't package ourselves right Ed. that is correct we don't we and we don't fight hard enough you know it's like uh, like hey you know what if uh we, i always i was saying that uh 
in uh, Obama's reelection and said, "Hey, you know what? The Republicans, the Republicans said if if Romney lost, we were gonna we were gonna we were gonna start start some." Uh, some riots and protests on the next morning, but you know, then he lost, and we all had to get up and go to work. That's right. That's whereas, right. whereas the you Democrats know. are don't have the Democrats don't work; they don't have jobs, and if they do, they'll just uh, get the government to give them some money for not going in. There it is. We got work schedules to make. We got you know proposals to put out there, and and you know walkthroughs of people's contracts. You know, when normally when you're on this side of the team, that's that's how it goes down in the mornings. You know. You, you basically you're watching the sun crack through your windshield on the freeway. Yep. We um, have, we, but we have to we have to work a little harder. We have to learn, yeah. work a few more hours and say, hey, go do your job and then do your other job and and put in your put in your uh, your efforts towards your community, towards your state, towards your country, and towards the future for our kids and our grandkids. Yeah. So exactly. So let's let's go on to uh, you think that. Uh, that uh, um, Larry Elder's that this is our best chance to get a Republican as governor. It seems like we had a bunch of Republicans as governors. I'm not sure when. I think maybe uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger ruined that because uh-huh. we put a Republican in there and he turned out to be a, a rhino. Um, you're concerned that we could mess this up. What do we need to do right now to, to get it right in September? Well, here, here comes the funny part. A lot of people aren't going to want to hear this. But, you know, and I always talk in metaphors. That's just my, that's just who I am, you know. To me, Larry Elder is that, you know how when you're trying to climb a mountain, you got to drive that spike into the side of the mountain so mm-hmm. you can put your rope through it and whatnot? Yep. Larry Elder is that spike because, see, California almost locked us out. It was already starting to solidify, thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was already starting to solidify where Republicans, oh, man, come on. You could just pretty much hang it up. You know, we, we we don't hold off as well in California. It was about to solidify. Here, Larry Elder, here Larry Elder is a pierced, sharp screw that we can get inside that mountain. You know what I'm saying? And then all the rest of us can climb up. But the problem I see, Ed, is everybody thinks they're that screw. Everybody thinks that it's their turn right now. And they don't understand the dynamics of this 14-month window. We put the wrong person in there in that 14 months, and those people up in Sacramento are going to have a field day with them. Most GOP, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, the weak. Yep, the absolutely weak. I do. So if we, if we let one of these slick, polished politician GOPs, you know, get up in there, they're going to get their butts kicked. And all we're going to get is a 14-month illusion, and the Democrats will be back. Uh, I I agree with you 100%, but we need to uh we need to make sure we turn out. I would say I would say we need to show up on election day and turn in our ballots live so they yes. can't cuz so they can't end up in the back in the in the back of somebody some postal worker's uh uh car and you know in a in a ditch somewhere in a trash can that we that we hear about the the next day. Hey, we found a uh, you know a bunch of bunch of ballots. Somehow somehow the Democrats it, always find it, the ballots and bring them in. If that happen again, Ed, we're nothing but punks. We need to tell them right now, right now. This election is on the 14th of September, and damn it, by the 16th of September we want to win. Exactly. Exactly, and we and vote on the 14th. Take your ballot in. Hey, take your mail-in ballot, but deliver it to the polling place. And I would say deliver it to into the end of the bucket. Don't hand it to someone who's outside collecting them so you don't have to get out of your car. Get out of your car and go do it. 
So we got yeah. a, we got about one minute left um, before for the first half. Uh, you say that whether or not Trump runs in 24, that doesn't excuse us from still being leaders and doing our part. What do you believe that means to do our part? Just what you and I are doing right now, what we discussed earlier in the show. Um, we are armies of one. You remember that commercial from the United States Army, be an army of one? Mm-hmm. That's who we all are right now. Just like I used the metaphor on Major Williams about being a B-17. We are at war. And if you sit down thinking that the other man is going to carry your pack, we're going to lose. Yep, Every man has to do something. I agree that 100%. Hey, we're all out of time for uh, part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. And Kenny, you stay with me for the next half, and we'll uh, we'll talk about what's going on in this country. We'll be right back. with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio because if you're not in the market, it might be a little bit boring. But if you are in the market or if you think you might be in the market or if you're over 62 and you're wondering uh, what to do because you got more life left than you have money, uh, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Uh, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and we'll get you uh, dialed in to uh, to know uh, to know what's the what's the best move for you, or if you're in the market, or we'll get you dialed in uh, for all your real estate financing needs. Um, if you didn't join me, oh, that was a Start Me Up from the Rolling Stones, uh, part of our tribute to uh, Charlie Watts, uh, who we lost this week, uh, drummer for the Rolling Stones. And if you missed part one of the main event. Uh, here with me on the air is Kenny White from the Southside Unicorn Show. Welcome back, Kenny. Hey. All right. <laughs> so, so we talked about we talked about uh, in the first half. We talked about uh, California. We talked about uh, you know what everything that Kenny and I have in common with uh, all of you uh, listeners out there, and what we think we need to do in California. But let's talk about let's talk about the uh, four hundred pound elephant in the room um afghanistan this week uh so we're now in the second week of the horrifying aftermath of joe biden's botched afghanistan withdrawal uh, or uh, what i call it afghanistan surrender and the administration is completely failing in its efforts to look like they have things under control that goes without saying now that 13 american service members are dead after an explosion carried out by isis k on uh, thursday morning but let's go back to the beginning of the week to co- uh to cover up for their incompetence the administration adopted a new narrative this week to only bring home Americans who want to come home. Now, why do you suppose they're doing that? Most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan. It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home, home. Is the intention to get every American out who wants to leave, or is it to get out 
all Americans plus as many Afghans out as possible by the August As many Americans who want to leave that we can get as fast as possible. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. Let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. Yeah, want to come home. That's like uh, uh, starving people that want to eat. Kenny? Well, you know, I had a son, United States Marine Corps, uh, 3rd Battalion. His name was Kenneth Alexander White, and we lost him. Um, so, you know, this this really cuts close to home because I sent two boys into the Marine Corps and got one back. Um, when I hear them say, any American who wants to come home, that tells me that they respect the freedom of choice of the American citizen. Now, why does that seem to change on American soil? What if I don't want to take the jab? Yet here they are. When they say that any American who wants to come home is the, the primer for how they're going to evacuate Afghanistan, they're full of it. Exactly. Why would you allow an American ill-advisedly, because that's the only way you would want to stay in that place right now, ill-advisedly, why would you allow an American to stay in Afghanistan just so we can watch the 101 days of horror of how they're going to slaughter them or extort us to get them back as hostages? No, all Americans are to leave Afghanistan. Yeah, there, if there you are be. in a marriage that is, you know, it's inevitable. You're going to get a divorce. It's going down, you know, and I'm, I've been there. I've been married and divorced twice. If it's going to happen, you know it's going to happen. But try slapping your wife when you walk out the door and see how that turns out. It's yeah. how you leave. You know what I mean? It's how you leave that makes things what they are. Yes, a divorce is, is inevitable, just like leaving Afghanistan was and is inevitable. But don't slap your wife. Do you see what I'm saying? And don't and don't leave don't leave all the people don't leave all the Americans there before you pull the military out. The military needs to be the last to go. Just like real men don't run out of the house out of a burning house first. They make sure their their wife and kids get out. Just like the Ooh, people dude. the people in a theater with a, the Batman guy shooting on a, shooting at them didn't run out and leave their girlfriends in the theater. They they pushed their girlfriends ahead of them and 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 did what men do and. Americans, American leadership doesn't use an excuse like that. This is a this is a poor excuse for leadership. But you know that's not what we're hearing from American citizens on the ground. That's what we're hearing from the the people that call themselves our leaders. The uh, this woman in, is a United States citizen who works for the U.S. government in, in Afghanistan. She called into Fox Fox and Friends to make it clear that yes, they are stranded. We are stranded. We can't get to the airport. When we try to get to the airport, we either get beaten up or we're afraid for our lives. Our lives are in extreme danger, and I don't know how long it's going to continue. They're taking, they're going to people's homes at nights, and they're just taking them away, and nobody knows where they're taking them, what they're doing to them. Uh, we're scared. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, World War Two in uh Nazi Germany and as they searched out the people hiding the Jews out there and we don't know what they did with them but they uh, seem to be uh, uh, never show back up again yeah 
Yeah, this this is a rough ride for me. It, I mean, you know, again, I have three sons that went into the military. I served in the military. My first wife was United States Air Force. My family has a, you know, history of military service. And I'm an old fashioned Leonidas 300 type of guy, you know. And when I see a man who wants to call himself commander in chief and I hear the tape you just played, what man, like you said earlier, like uh, what man could sleep at night knowing the carnage he's about to cause next week because of his dereliction of duty? This is horrible. And, you know, when I see when I see what's going on now and I and I think about how the how the Congress decided that. Trump asking about a crime that that Biden committed and admitted to it on video when he asked asked the question to the Ukraine president about that they tried to they tried to impeach him for that well they did impeach him in the congress for that and and look at what damage this president is doing and his whole cabinet you know he he brought in a cabinet of people that have had no experience and no no experience in politics and no practical experience um, for the jobs they're they're at, and look at the damage they're doing to this country, and the talk of impeachment isn't even isn't even a subject of conversation. Hasn't, hasn't even hasn't even come up. And you know that I made a meme about that, Ed. It's on my Facebook page, and it, and it clearly says, "Think of the human suffering we could have prevented if we had done the right thing and prosecuted Joe Biden for his crimes in the Ukraine. If we were, I think we're about to become victims of our own folly." That's why America's in such turmoil right now, because we're not standing up and making the cogent decisions that we should be making. Nancy Pelosi is an abomination. Her nephew, Gavin Newsom, abomination. Gascon's abomination. And we watch it. Okay, let me real quick. Last night I saw President, former President Donald J. Trump come on the air, and I'm thinking, what is he doing? At first, that was my first thought. What is he doing? Is this an appropriate time for him? to be speaking. But once I heard everything he said, I realized America needed that because in the face of such cowardice, dereliction, corruption, you know, just horror, the words of former President Donald J. Trump is exactly what this nation needed to hear last night. Strength, courage, and he identified them as evil. What's wrong with identifying some human beings as functioning and evil seems when we don't have the stomach to do that anymore. Ed. Nope. That's uh, and you know, and people, they should be pointing out, they should be pointing out that the people that get stuck, the people that get stuck in Afghanistan, when we decide that they didn't want to come home, you know what their alternative is? ISIS K is going to come in and they're going to burn them all alive. And we forget. You know what? Come on. They're going to do all kinds of stuff. We're going to, sadly, we're going to watch them be dunked in pools inside cages. We're going to see them being thrown off buildings. These are the horrors we can look forward to because Biden, Joe Biden, won't do what an American president should do. I mean, okay, watch this. You know how you're cleaning up your house and you're sweeping the rug and, okay, there's a little dust. What do you do? You pick up the corner of the rug and you sweep the dust under the rug. Well, you can't sweep human beings you can't sweep Americans under the rug. It's going to be a little lumpy, Joe Biden. You know he's a, and, he's uh, a complete failure. Breaks my heart. It's a he's a, dis- I did, he's I a disgrace. I didn't think that you and I, because we're in a, you and I are in the same age bubble, and yep. we have childhood memories to rival the world. Did you ever imagine 
that we would live in an America like this one. No, did we ever did we ever imagine twenty years ago when we watched the 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 Twin Towers fall down and we watched uh well, actually one of my high school friends was on flight seventy seven that hit the uh hit the Pentagon and we watched all that stuff happen and we heard George Bush say we're gonna make these guys hear us and uh and they're gonna hear us all and they're gonna pay and we saw shock and awe and we saw all this stuff going on. Did we imagine on the twentieth anniversary that we're gonna see, you know, what what are we gonna see in uh in three weeks uh from from uh, or two weeks now to to nine eleven? What are we gonna see? What symbolic act of terror are we gonna see either them burn down the American embassy in Afghanistan or or we have a open southern border? What's going to happen here in America that they're going to tell everybody, hey, we're not scared of you guys anymore. It's 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 sad. It's sad and it's angry. So over the, this way. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you remember I said earlier that that the left reads like a cheap B sci fi movie. Yep. Well, this was all done and orchestrated so that. September 11th, because see, we, we do hold it in reverence. We do hold it in a hallowed mindset. And it, it galvanizes the American public whenever those videos are replayed of the planes crashing into the towers. Well, Joe Biden, his cabal, and his handlers are after a new world order. So what they want to do is they want to dash the last little bit of spirit they think we have by absolutely making 9-11 a mockery, because you're right. 20 years ago, two of my sons enlisted in the Marine Corps just like that when 9-11 popped up. They didn't even hesitate. And let me say, they didn't have to go into the military. They were okay. They joined because they were patriots, just like their mama and daddy. But now here we are on the eve of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and we're going to watch the very people who jammed us up, jamming us up again. That's by intention. That's by machination of the big three tech-minded guys, you know, uh, Zuckerberg and all these guys. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm just, and I hope I'm not, this is the opinion of Kim White, Southside Unicorn Show, and not, you know, the, 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 the main event. Uh, I believe Obama's actually pulling strings on this thing in the background, brother. I would agree. And we're being psychologically set up to just give up. That's what Biden's biggest mission is, is to make us just give up yeah well americans will rise will rise up but yes, they have to rise up against the uh the leadership right now so while we're talking about 9-11 over the weekend we first heard about isis k and new threats from a little group called al-qaeda best known as the perpetrators of 9-11 20 years ago on fox mm-hmm. news sunday inept secretary of state anthony blinken downplayed the threat of al-qaeda as we approach the 20th anniversary is al-Qaeda gone from Pakistan, uh, from Afghanistan? Al-Qaeda's capacity uh, to do what it did on 9-11, to attack us, to attack our partners or allies uh, from Afghanistan, is vastly, vastly diminished. Is it gone? Are there, are there al-Qaeda uh, members and, uh, and remnants in Afghanistan? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. They're they're va- they're they're vastly uh, uh, diminished uh, their their powers. Tuesday, Joe Biden prepared to tell the nation he's choosing to ignore bipartisan pleas to extend the August 31st deadline. I think Taliban told him we're not extending it. He said, oh, OK, OK. Tuesday afternoon, Biden made a speech that was supposed to be about Afghanistan. But people on both sides of the aisle were shocked to hear him start out this way. But the progress we're making 
on the Build Back Better agenda here at home. To win the future, we need to take the next step. Today, the House of Representatives did just that. That today's vote in the House allowed them to consider my Build Back Better agenda. I want to thank Speaker Pelosi, who was masterful. Let me now turn to Afghanistan. You know what? When when the when the when the when it's hitting the fan in Afghanistan, when we're having what's going on in Afghanistan, why does anything else matter? I understand he comes on and talks about that. Why does anything else matter when we're having a military international chaos like we're having? See, Ed, because that's what plays into what I was saying earlier. The minute Afghanistan should be on the front burner, it should be the most important thing he's talking about. Should but be the only he wants thing to talk he's talking about, about building back better, which means something has to be destroyed in order for you to build back. Because if he's trying to say the America of President Donald J. Trump was broken, we know he's a damn lie. Yep, so exactly right. What is this build back better? That's New World Order thinking. What is this build back better? Will you guys stop talking about 9-11 pish posh? So the best way to make 9-11 fade into the backdrop of our memories is to give us fresh memories and to show Afghanistan as a power. Yeah. This is this is betrayal on a subliminal level. Betrayal on a subliminal level. Let me just say this. I'm, I'm speaking this from my spirit, man. All those words they're speaking, sadly, and I'm not wishing this, but sadly, in the city of New York, somewhere around Wednesday, Joe Biden will be made and be seen as a liar. His Mr. Blinken will be made and seen as a liar by Wednesday in New York City. We'll see that what they tried to tell the American people is a damn lie. And that should be the debarkation day of us dealing with them. We shouldn't listen to them anymore after Wednesday next week. Yep, it's... Uh... You know, it's they're trying to blame. Well, Trump made this deal with the Taliban. Well, yeah, he made a deal with the with the uh, XL pipeline as well, and he made a deal with uh, with Anwar to keep get us uh, energy independent. He made a deal to put a put to to seal our southern border. And he made all kinds of deals keep uh, immigrants uh, in Mexico while they're trying to get into uh, United States. But you didn't have any time. You didn't have any have any trouble turning that off. And, you know, the deal that Trump made with the with the with the Taliban or the, with uh, with the Afghan government, as it was, um, he didn't have any he, he made a different kind of a deal. Didn't say we're just going to pull out. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember Trump saying we're taking everything with us. We're taking our equipment. We're taking our tanks and our vehicles and our weapons. And we're taking everything. We're, when we pull out, everything. we're pulling out everything. And of course, he didn't pull out everything. He he dropped it. He dropped the forces down, but he he was doing it based on conditions. And you know what? What is the problem having twenty three hundred people over there? You know, leave well, them over there, you, rotate them every six months, and keep the peace in this world. Watch this. Here's the part that blows my mind, Ed. When I was in the United States Air Force, we were taught the proper destruction of equipment and munitions. If you cannot take it with you, then this is how you destroy these things without killing yourself. Exactly. You got General Milley. I mean, the man's got more fruit salad than I've ever seen. Got so many stars, you would think he's, you know, in the universe somewhere. This is General Milley. And he says that we no longer need the Afghanistan base, you know, Kabul. Then why, sir, are there 108 Apache helicopters there? I'm listening to Joe Biden tell us yesterday he'll give the military all the equipment that they need to fight the issue at Kabul. I'm like, well, you know what? 
They could use 108 Apache helicopters. Do you know what we might be able to find some? Exactly. It's idiot, idiotic. And Biden keeps talking about how many people they've evacuated, but he left it to Anthony, Anthony Blinken to tell us that only 4,500 Americans have been evacuated. He claims only 1,500 remain there. Yeah, okay, uh, we're being lied to, folks. Meanwhile, Biden told Americans to get ready for thousands of Afghanistan Afghan refugees coming in. We must all work together to resettle thousands of Afghans who ultimately qualify for refugee status. The United States will do our part. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's we're going to bring all these people into the United States. What's wrong with settling them in in Kuwait or the United Arab Emirates? Why not? Why do they have to come here? And uh, with our southern border o- open, we don't know who's here. And yeah. this brings us to Thursday morning, where the suicide bombers uh, we now we now know as ISIS K killed 13 American soldiers and at least 90 Afghans. Thursday morning, Biden delivered this speech to those who carried out this attack as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. And while uh, and while uh, Biden was looking for his Rambo moment, he wanted to sound like Rambo in this scene. Yeah. Look. I'm coming to get you. But then uh, the Taliban, they heard, this is what the Taliban heard. Him too afraid to get out. He just a little guy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And you see, you see Biden standing there at the podium with his head in his hands. Because Peter Ducey asked him a question he didn't want to answer. It's, it's pathetic. And they took the mic away from Peter Ducey. They had this guy, you know, he's the mic man. He's holding on to the mic. Well, when Peter Ducey started talking, the guy with the mic walked away. So it was kind of difficult to hear what he was asking him. But when, you know, those three statements that Biden made, we will not forgive, we will not forget, we will come after you, sounds so tough, you know. But one, let's let's remember, we are a Christian nation and we are men of God. We will forgive at some point as part of our mandate. Yep. But we do have to seek consequences for evil. Joe Biden's not the man to make that happen. Those were false platitudes. Uh, he ended that speech by standing on the graves of the 13 uh, service members who, you know, lost their lives by making himself sound right. I'm sticking to this decision. It's the right way to go. No, come on. Obstinance is is the first sign of, you know, ignorance. And and this man is not fit to lead the United States of America. That's my opinion. No, and the Republicans need to be pushing to impeach to remove and of course uh talking to uh, some friends of mine that think that this is part of the uh the plan to put uh Kamala Harris in in office and uh, mm-hmm. the theory that one of my friends said was that Obama was smitten with uh with uh, Kamala Harris and knew that she's un- not electable pushed Obama to make or pushed uh, O Biden pushed O Biden as we call him uh to mm-hmm. uh, to put her as his vice president knowing that oh that Biden is is incompetent that he won't last his term and then uh, Kamala Harris can mm-hmm. get in there and then Kamala Harris will go go in and uh, and save the day and and go back to Trump's policies and then she'll then she'll get reelected because 
They said, look at she cleaned up all the crap that Biden did. The American people have have a very short memory. So um, it's I don't know what I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what their plan is, but I can't believe that people are that have been in this government for so long are clearly trying to destroy our country. In, well, uh, here, here's what I see, Ed. You know, put it this way. The Democrats are going to be who they are. And they've been co-opted for over 30, 40 years. They are no longer Americans in a general sense. That's just later for that. They don't even see. Come on. When you look on Facebook and it's uh, the 4th of July or the Olympics or whatnot, you know how Facebook can put those little uh, cartoons on their uh, upper left-hand side, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. None of it. None of it. Patriot patronizes America, shows respect to America. They're coming up with an ideation of there are no more flags. And that's what's coming from the left. That's what's coming from the Democrats. I'm worried about the cricket party. And that's what I'm, you know, that's the name I've dubbed us. We are the cricket party. Because there should be such clamor at this point from the Republican Party about what's going on in Washington, D.C., that uh, an impeachment should be inevitable. And as far as Kamala Harris goes in my book, she's the Catholic. You know what I mean? Uh, Obama is playing a hell of a game of chess. He's sitting over there in uh, Martha's Vineyard, and he's playing chess with the world. And the Republicans are unable or unwilling to recognize this game or this table that they're on. And until they accept that the craziest things possible are what is exactly happening, we're never going to fight this this battle in the problem. You're exactly right. Hey, let's close out with one Afghan man's message to Joe Biden. Mr. Biden, you did this. You planned this. You made the deal with the Taliban. This is the consequences of it. This is the repercussions of it. Mr. Biden, it's your ill calculation. You were against Trump. Now we are against you. That's how we are. That's how we sit in the world, folks. That's how it is. Hey, Kenny, we're all out of time for this episode. Thanks for joining me on the main event. Thanks for having me, brother. That went really fast. All right. It sure does. Every week. Every week. Hey, uh, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.